0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougal, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. It's neat, I love the picture of us being an outpost of heaven where we gather, we're out Um, scattered throughout the world doing what God's called us to do, but to come together as a family and breathe the air of heaven and just allow the the vision of who we are, but also what God's given us to fill us with hope and joy is just a gift. And today is a big day for us. It's kickoff Sunday, not just for the Colts, but for us as a team as we begin this new ministry year. And so excited. We are, uh, in just a moment, I'll unveil our theme for the 23-24 ministry year. And um, this is the thing that we just hope gets into the capillaries of our soul by this time next year, and is fueling us to, to follow Christ with, with all of our hearts. But before I do that, I, I always picture this day as, you know, when the football team runs out onto the field right before them, they're in that tunnel and they're waiting and, you know, getting ready. And I feel like this is that moment. And as a, one of the leaders, I just want to look out to you and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of our team. And truly, as we reflect on God's goodness to our church, it's who he is bringing to us. And you, the part that you play, means so much. And so thank you. And thank you. um, And I I speak on behalf of uh, my wife, Tam, and it's such an honor, privilege, and we love you guys to get to serve you together, as well as our our, uh, elder team. Doug uh, Wicker leads our elder team, but when we gather on Thursday evenings, we... um, just, we love you and treasure um, you and, and just so thankful for what God's doing in your midst. I Speak on behalf of our staff as well. We exist to serve you and, and love you. And so um, just, yeah, I love his church, but I love our church here at Westbridge. And if you're newer, as Marcy said, we have a spot for you on the roster. And so glad to, to have you with here today. And it's the perfect day if you are newer to jump in because this is, we, we run our ministry here September to August. And so what's the theme for the new year? And drum roll. This is this is high suspense. I know you guys woke up this morning wondering, what what, what is it? And it's a bit um, anticlimactic as it's right here on the screen behind me. <laughs> but we're making it tough this year. Abby, um, our creative design and Wes put this thing together. And this is something we did six years ago. We had this as a theme. I walk into people's houses and do you know what I still see on their fridge? The magnet, the disciple magnet that we had six years ago pumps me up. It was still in our fridge here at church. It's still in my office hanging on the metal cabinet. So this year we want to give you a gift of disciple magnet to throw it up on whatever it sticks to. It's in the back. You can pick up, pick it up on your way out, but just as that daily reminder and the fridge is the perfect place because you see it multiple times a day and just, this is who I am. We made it tough this year, though. Instead of putting, the, the previous one six years ago was, we put the words on it, follow, disciple, following Jesus together, worship, preach, connect, grow, serve. You have to look at the icons and try to remember them. So these are actually the, the five habits, hard attitudes of a Christ follower, and we'll be unpacking those in the weeks to come. But today, we wanna just lock in on this word disciple. What's beautiful about this word is it is packed with truth around both our identity, who we are, and our calling, what God's called us to do. Disciple as, an, as a noun, our identity, this is who we are. It, it, it maps as a follower, we are at our core followers of Jesus, living with increasing surrender to his empowering leadership. It's interesting, a, a disciple is someone who begins to follow Christ, but not necessarily surrendered to him. But at some point along the way, as they learned his teaching, who he says he is and what he said, he, what he has done, there's a point of faith where, where they trust him with their life. We call this conversion, where they surrender their heart and their life to him. And they begin a journey. And scripture calls this, next week we'll get into it, but being born again, where we go from no life to life. But then it begins this process of becoming. And we call this sanctification, becoming more and more like Christ. And we go from no life to life. We're now alive in Christ. We can see, and um, we are his child, and we're, our, our souls are, are saved. But we begin the journey of sanctification, becoming like Christ, and we, which leads to full life, where Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. We go from praying, Lord, would you bless me, to Lord, would you make me a blessing? And so um, that's the journey that, that we'll be on this year and this word summarizes, but the word disciple also captures our calling as a verb. God calls us to make disciples. It's core to our calling. And what's that mean? It means helping one another become fully devoted followers of Christ. And so, the vision for this coming year is what what lights us up as we think about this time next year is that all of us will grow as disciples. We never stop growing, that we will be more in love with the Lord, more devoted to Him, and that we will have stepped a bit further into helping the people around us become more like Him. And that we will be a team, fully alive in Christ, living out the calling that He's given us here. So, today, as we begin with this this theme, what we want to do is say, okay. What exactly is a disciple? And and look at five marks of a disciple. Five defining marks that that are really core to our identity as disciples of Christ. Five marks that I hope if somebody when, um, one of your kids like, hey, what's it mean to be a disciple? Boom, these things are coming to mind. If you're having a conversation, and, and what what exactly does this mean? Five marks that, that God calls us through His word. This is what it means to be a disciple. And and the challenge today that we would see them, celebrate them, and live them out. Now, I I like to think of this message as kind of one of those windshield wiper messages when you're driving on the highway on a snowy day, rainy day, and you're beside a semi, and you get splatted on the windshield. How sweet it is when you kick those windshield wipers, and it, it clears the way. You can see the road again. See it. Celebrate it and then be it it, it, for each of these truths, each of these marks. And so what does it mean to be a disciple? First mark of a disciple is we are Jesus-focused. Remember the moment Jesus calls his disciples in the Gospels, two words that he uses, simple. Follow me, follow me. But what's interesting, three years later, they've been following him. He meets them on the Sea of Galilee for one of the final conversations. And what does he use again to Peter? That sweet, sweet, simple calling follow me. Hebrews says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 12, verse one and three. So he okay, guys, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, not people watching us, but people we are watching who found God to be faithful to his promise. Since we're surrounded by people who through the centuries found it to be just as God said it would be, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles anything that would keep us from pacing down in this race and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us notice he says run it's not let us trot or let us walk or let us jog but let us run this thing how with perseverance and it's a race that's been marked out for us by the the loving hand of providence our lord but how are we to run this race fixing our eyes on Jesus. Jesus focused. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Sat down, finished work of salvation. He paid in full our sin debt on the cross. But what about us down here? Still running this race, still battling. He says, consider him. Think about him. Let him be on your mind. Let him be your focus. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Guys, as we begin this new year, may we fix our eyes on Christ and may we live with a renewed passion this year to let him be our focus. Think about all the things that that vie for our attention and our affection. And it is just like driving down that highway and you get the highway smatter and splatter and, and just, it gets we lose sight, we, we start worrying about the people around us, the worries of life, the, uh, the other pursuits of life, those things that tempt us to, to chase them, and again and again, the calling of Christ, and may this year, as we think about being a disciple, just leave us coming back to till the day I die, I'm locked in on him. I've got one leader, I've got one focus, it's Jesus Christ. Throughout scripture, we see it again and again. Colossians chapter 3, Paul sums it up there in the everyday creed, verse 17, as he says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I love that moment in Acts where the gospel is spreading throughout the world. And it's made it to the town of Antioch. And so the church in Jerusalem was like, hey, we better send somebody to help. So they send Barnabas. Barnabas shows up in Antioch. And notice what he, what he calls these people to, as he shows up to encourage them and, and to help them. In Acts chapter eleven twenty three, 23, it says, When he, Barnabas, arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad. I love that picture. He's just like, Yes! Um, What God has done here is bringing people to himself, but he was glad and he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Isn't that good? Think about this year as we interact with each other, not only personally what we want to do, but what we want to help each other do is just simply this. Hey, wherever you're at in life, remain true to the Lord with everything you've got. You know, eyes on him, faithful to him, through the ups, through the downs, Jesus-focused. This coming year, may God spark in us a fresh devotion for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? May He be our focus. He he be our first love, the one we long to know, the one we long to follow. And then, as disciples, one, we are Jesus-focused, but two, we are Bible-based. Our life is grounded in this Word of God that, that He has given us, It's interesting as we watch Jesus live, he lived grounded and and living on the word of God. When he was tempted, went out into the desert, comes back, he's hungry 40 days, the devil tempts him to turn stones into bread. And here's what he says in, in Matthew chapter 4, 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word of God is our food. It is our, our our milk, our meat. It's what grows us up. It is our light in the darkness. When we're not sure which way to go, we've got the revealed will of God. The word of God is, is in Ephesians 6. It's our weapon in the fight. To, to not have the word of God and be living on it is like walking onto a battlefield without guns and, and weapons. We, we are sitting ducks, but with the word of God, it is powerful, it is alive, it is active. It is what we need for the fight. We live grounded in it. So as we begin this new year, may we treasure the Word of God. May we take the what it or what God says about it in 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17 at His Word, where he says, All scripture is God breathed. And it is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love this picture as you go out to do what God's called you to do this year. God will give you the daily word you need to live on, to go do the good that he's called you to do. And Eric's shaking his head yes. And you've, we feel that, don't we? We see that. But how important that each new day we wake up and we're like, all right, Lord, meeting with you in your word. Give me what I need. And then as I go today, help me live on this word that you've given me. And I'm so excited about this coming year, various opportunities, new opportunities as a church family that we'll offer that we want to uh, teaching venues where, where we will just help each other grow in in understanding and following the Word of God. Uh, one of the things that we started last year that 's been neat to hear small groups and as well as individuals talk about is the soap acrostic and we 're going to keep doing that. run that play for another year. so you read a, you read a, a chapter of the Bible. And then you grab a journal and you write down one verse that stood out to you. And writing the verse out slows us down to just think about it. You write out one observation, one application, and then a prayer. You pray the word of God. And then um, in small group, we share that with each other. So neat because it gets everybody sharing. But we're in the word of God and he speaks in those moments. But how helpful. I know I don't do this every day, but the days that I do, just to have that word you know, that's, that's guiding me throughout the day and how often God uses that. We'll also be offering, one of our commitments to you is we offer a teaching venue both hours when we meet for worship. When you read scripture, it is amazing how many times you will see the word, if you took a highlighter and highlight the word teach, 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 it's all over. As we follow Christ, there is a body of knowledge we must learn. And so God has gifted people within his body <clears throat> to teach us our elder team. We've got about 20 elders who amazing the bullpen of people that he has called us to teach, but not just elders, but we have um, just all kinds of teachers that, that in every venue throughout our church family, we want to be teaching his word. But nine o'clock, 1030, there's classes that, that are aimed at, to equip us to, to follow him. But one of the new initiatives is going to be on Wednesday nights. This is uh, Tyson will be overseeing this, but it's called our core class disciple pathway emphasis. We're going to look at nine core parts of being a disciple and we're going to Tyson's the first one's this Wednesday night 6:30. It's on evangelism. He's going to teach it. We're going to video it and hopefully it can be accessible to everybody even if you can't be there this Wednesday night this year where you can just listen to it on your way to work or whatever but getting into God's word, teaching each other. Now, in today's culture, content's not a problem. I mean, you can go to right now media, Google it and you can I think one of the benefits of the church is we help each other uh, stay focused on right con- conduct versus heresy, content versus heresy, etc. But where's the value in the body of Christ when it comes to teaching the word of God? It's in the community, isn't it? Where we help each other and we, we bounce it off each other's life and we ask questions with one another. And that's the beauty this Wednesday night, just to be able to come together and like hey, how's this work for you? And it's not a monologue, but it's a dialogue and and interacting. Same with small groups. And if you're not in a small group, we'd love to, that's a teaching venue as well. And we'd love to have you, um, or provide an opportunity for you to jump into that. Excited. Also want to mention Tuesday night, our women's Bible study led by Kelly Hassler. Wednesday nights, Danny Mendez will be leading a men's Bible study that that, um, you're invited to. And just excited for, uh, ways God's going to be growing us up through his word. As disciples, we are Bible-based. May we see it, celebrate it, and then live it out. Then the third mark of a a disciple is we are love-fueled. What fueled our Lord as he lived his life mission? And we see it there in John 13, as Jesus is nearing the cross, he's huddling with his disciples in the upper room, And here's the summary. John 13, verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved him to the end. Finished it. And what was the mark of his love? In a verse or two later, it says, so he got up from the table and he washed their feet. The love that God has given us and the love we see him living out is a love that does, that initiates, that goes, that that washes feet, that serves humbly in love. After he washed his disciples' feet, he calls them into a life of love in John 13, verse 34 and 35, as he says, a new command I give you, love one another. I love the way it's, he keeps it simple. (laughs) Three words, right? After 32 years of marriage and Many years of premarital counseling, when I hear a bride and groom say, hey, we're going to write our own vows, I slip in a little bit of advice. I say, make them short. Keep them short because it's going to be hard to live them out. (laughs) So make them like, I love, I will love you with the help of God till the day I die. 10 words or so. (laughs) Love one another. That's the command. But you say it's a new command. I thought that was in Leviticus nineteen 20. Didn't he say that already? Yes, but this is a new command. How? As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, how do people know we are followers of Jesus? How would anyone conclude that you're a disciple? By this, you will know, or, or uh, everyone will know that you are my disciple's if you love one another. And throughout scripture, what does God celebrate again and again through the letters? You see it. Faith expressing itself through love. Faith and love. Faith and love. Faith and love is the main thing. And so as we begin this new year, may we bask in the love that our God has for us and then resolve to love the people around us as he has loved us. This year may love our love grow in purity. I think one of the, the challenges of love is we tend to love by measure. We measure out a portion of affection and we give it to people who, can, who we value, who can give us something back. And yet Christ calls us to love. It's the rule of um, Richard. We do not love based on what people can give us. He said, when you throw a party, throw it for the beggars, throw it for the poor, throw it for people who can't repay you in any way so different from my love. And yet he says, love, let your love be sincere, meaning without cracks, without hypocrisy, without a measuring. St. Benedict, fifth century Jesus follower, kind of set up some rules for the monks to live by. And one of them is so powerful. It was the rule of hospitality. He said, when you have a stranger show up at your door, see Jesus. And I don't care who the stranger is. I don't care whether they're poor or rich. Here's what you're to do. Bow down before them. Humble yourself before them. Pray for them and wash their feet. Amen. Lord, would you grow that love in me that, that every person I see, I see Christ. A love without hypocrisy that doesn't value some and give affection to some but to others withhold, but rather has a heart that's open to love all with that same love. One of the scariest moments of my life, I was given as a college student the responsibility of speaking to my peers about the word of God. And terrifying, I remember being in the college library and just crying out to God for help. Lord, what do you want me to say to the student body? And he, I sensed him saying, tell him the main thing. Tell him the main thing. The great commandment. Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. I said, okay. So I went to school on that. What's it mean to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength? And he says, here's this. If you, the way you show me your love is by obeying my commands. I said, okay, what's the command of God? The first command after loving him is love each other. <laughs> okay. So I went, that was in the spring, I was to speak in the fall, so I went home that summer and I'm a young, energetic, optimistic college student, I'm going to go love God with all my heart, soul, mind, strength by loving people the way Jesus loves me this summer. And guess what happened? I failed, and I failed, and I failed, and I failed, and I've been failing ever since because we never fully live up to that kind of love. And it has left me shipwrecked at the cross of Jesus Christ, where day after day I kneel and say, Father, forgive me, but thank you for your love. And it's as we receive his grace at the cross that we are empowered to love other people with that kind of grace and that kind of love. Amen? And we stand not on our own performance before God, but by the the performance of Jesus Christ, who loved with the perfect love. And we fix our eyes on him. We pray, Lord, let your love be formed in me. And it's going to be a longing, unfortunately, till the day we die, but it's going to be a pursuit. And this year, my brother and sister, may we love with a greater purity So we fix our eyes on Christ and follow him. May we see this, celebrate it, live it out, the immeasurable love of God. And then the, uh, the fourth mark of a disciple is that we are spirit-empowered. I love the story of D.L. Moody who, an evangelist in Chicago, started a school to, to train up pastors. And one class period, he he interrupts the professor, and he walks over and he whispers, have you told him the secret? And the professor's like, not yet. And as the legend have, has it, he gives him the floor. You tell him the secret. And D.L. Moody stands up, and for the rest of the hour, he explains, guys, this is not something that we do in our own power. God has given us his Holy Spirit, which is the wind behind all that we do and gets the job done. As followers of Jesus Christ, we do not live in our own power by our own strength, but by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. This walk of faith is one of awakening to this. Do we feel strong when we go out? and? and no, it, it, unfortunately, we, we never have that superpower, superhero filling, do we? We we don't feel strong, and yet we are strong by faith as we just simply rely on his, the promise of his presence. We walk with him and then um, follow his lead, and and he provides. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us to, to do and be what God's called us to do and be. The church began at the arrival of the Holy Spirit, who we are, did not exist until his spirit arrived at Acts 2. And the, the church was born. Love the picture of the spirit coming as as a wind, as a flame. Power um, to do what God's called us to do. Remember, in fact, Jesus tells the disciples, hey guys, don't do anything until you receive the gift of the spirit. Wait. So there they are in that, that upper room praying. And and uh, the, the promise, he says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Notice the the promise in this, you will receive power. So this isn't empowering, um, it's a promise. This is from him. It's for all of us. And notice what it's, it's empowering us to do. And you will receive power to be a witness, to be my witnesses, a witness for Jesus Christ. And it's exciting to think this is really what drives missions, isn't it? Where this is not just to our community, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, but it's to the ends of the earth. And we're seeing this happen in real time today. I hope, pray, this just encourages you today as you see it again, see it afresh. It's the Holy Spirit who has gifted you. It's the Holy Spirit who empowers you, the Holy Spirit who will lead you and guide you as you follow him. May we see this, celebrate it, and live it. It's for this reason we look to the future with optimism. I don't know about you guys, but does anyone else feel a spirit of negativity and despair in our culture these days? Is anybody else feeling that? I'm like, Christian, do we understand? That we have the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit alive and well in us to go live. This is why we look to the future with hope and optimism. And as I look to 23-24, good days are coming based on faith and His indwelling presence as we will walk with Him. Is anybody else ready to live on this, see this, celebrate this, and then live it? Let's go. And we're going to go try some things. We may fail, but, but... I hope we try things based on faith and a bold faith, not on our own power, not on our own ability, our own wisdom, on people, programs, or anything else, but on the sole truth that we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit since the first century, the day of Pentecost, until the Lord comes back to do what he's called us to do. This is who we are as a disciple. Fifth defining mark, we are unified around our mission. We have one mission as a church We see this, Jesus didn't stutter, thankfully, when he gave it to us there in Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20. It says, then Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. It's interesting in this commission that the imperative, there's a lot of participles, but there's one imperative in this in this commission. And we've reviewed this, but this is just core to who we are, so coming back at it, the one command, the one imperative in this calling of Christ is make disciples. Make disciples. And so what's it look like to make a disciple? That's where we're gonna be next week and the weeks to follow as we look at five core habits and heart attitudes of a disciple and we'll, we'll flesh those out. But what a gift to be able to wake up each new day as a disciple and realize I have been heaven sent on a mission and God has a part for me to play in his body and, and I'm not here you know, for for no reason. I have a purpose. I'm an ambassador of the King, and and for the brief time that I have life on earth, I get to play a part in the great redemptive work of God that that has eternal impact. Friday night, we were sitting around a fire with some friends just talking about a little bit of everything, and and one of my friends has a high-stress job. He oversees he and his team oversee around $5 billion. So he has high stress moments. And so they brought in, a, or he was going to school in a Navy SEAL who, who gives a, a sweet stress release reliever technique. All right, everybody, put your feet on the floor. You're sitting down. Fix your eyes on something, screen or whatever. Take three deep breaths deep breaths, down from the diaphragm. Now, ask three questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what do these people need from me? Great questions. And what do those questions do? And the Navy SEAL recounted that, man, time and time again on high pressure missions, this brought a clarity and an ability to perform. First question, who am I? Guys, that's where we've been today, right? Who are you? One word. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. But what is that? Jesus-focused, Bible-based, love-fueled, spirit-empowered, unified around a mission. Does that not just pump anybody else up to get up, get busy, get it done, go, today and into this week? Love this. One disciple fully alive in Christ is an unstoppable force for good in this world. I have seen it as I've watched many of you live. You say, but my life's a little, just seems to be insignificant. No. No. You see the the divine providence lining up different opportunities and you stepping into those fully alive in Christ. John chapter seven, Jesus said, streams of living water will flow from within you you to other people. You will be a life-giving presence. And I've seen it. One disciple, Jesus-focused, Bible-based, love-fueled, spirit-empowered, unified around a mission, not living for their own kingdom, but his kingdom is a powerful force for good on this world. But when you put a team full of these people together and they're locking arms, They're praying for each other. They're supporting one another. They're encouraging one another. They're staying focused on not what divides us, but what unites us. Oh, baby, you've got an outpost of heaven here on earth. You got a kingdom dream team. That's what we pray will happen this coming year. That's what we pray will be for the glory of God and for the joy of those on the team and those yet to be on the team. Amen. Amen. Maybe you're listening today and you're thinking, I'm not a follower of Jesus. I know about him, but I haven't surrendered my life to him. And his invitation to you today is trust me, believe in me, surrender your life to me. And that's, we, we call this again, conversion. It's a moment where you, you stop trying to self-atone before God and, and be right before him based on your own righteousness or your own doing good. And you trust the goodness of Christ. His perfect life, his sacrifice for you, his death on the cross and and you surrender the leadership of your life from you to him <laughs> and, and it's a step into new life and would love to help you take that step if you haven't yet today and we um that's that's salvation and that's the main thing, but I think most of us here today probably have taken that step, but i I would guess many of us are maybe we're we're tired we we're, we're maybe just distracted or maybe discouraged, maybe disillusioned in your pursuit of Christ. And the prayer today is God would light a fresh fire in your soul. And even as we've been reviewing these core parts of our identity, maybe he's been stoking your passion, you know? And I just, would you pray and would you seek and and say, Lord, would, would you let this year be a year that's a fresh start with you? You know, Forgetting what is behind, pressing on toward what is ahead. Lord, I'm ready to be a disciple. I'll I'll answer that simple call again, follow me. Love Eugene Peterson saying, you know, following Christ is a long obedience in the same direction, full of fresh stops and starts. And as we look back to 23, 24, may this be a year of fresh start for you in your journey with Christ. Okay, so the image that came to my mind back in February is get away for that week of solitude prayer about this day and this year. And the image that just kept pumping me up and uh, that I saw was somebody on crutches and just crutching along. Not that we're on crutches and we haven't been running, but but the contrast was there where you're just kind of crutching along and labored, wa- labored, movement and just crutching along. But, but then the healing process starts to happen and um, the, the person starts to put weight on their legs and starts to walk on their own and finally gets to that point they're like Psh, throw the crutches. But then they start to get that strength and start to jog and then they start to run. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And the neat picture of, feel like as a church at large, the church around the world, we're in a new day post 2020, but new opportunities are before us. And I saw a field full of like that beautiful um, field of opportunities to serve Christ, to live out um, our love for him and, and to build his kingdom, stretching before us as a team this year, and that we would be running into those, that we would not be walking or limping, or crutching, or trotting, but we would be running into those. And so here's the prayer. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. May we run hard after him this year as disciples. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word to us today. We just coming back to these sweet, simple and yet grand eternal truths. And uh, remembering who we are because of your grace, we thank you. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters here today and each one of us, wherever we may be, that you would stoke that fire to be fully devoted, to remain true to you with all of our hearts. And this coming year, we pray, this is our prayer that that you would, the the five areas we've covered today, that you would let it be, let it be, let it be in each of our hearts, in each of our lives for your glory. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.